Greetings. Happy Wednesday. Happy. Sure. Happy. It's been a week. I mean, I don't I don't think I have to tell anybody that uh, it was it was such a week that it required a very relaxing, wonderful weekend. And we did. We did a whole lot of nothing. And it was so, so lovely. We went out to lunch. I watched Michael play tennis. He watched me try on some shoes. Same thing. And then on Mother's Day, we had a joke where it was like, oh, dog mom, our dog son, Mr. Maple, wanted to take me out to my favorite place for coffee. And it was like a joke, like, oh, Maple's going to have his little wallet, like, buy me a coffee, hee <laughs> hee. And then when we got there, they genuinely gave us the coffee for free because Maple was so cute. Their words, not mine. We actually got both, both of our coffees for free because we brought Maple with us. Um, and I guess he did use his wallet, his cuteness wallet. It was just really enjoyable. Such a relaxing weekend. And we're, we're gearing up for a flurry of activities, starting with my sister-in-law's bachelorette party this weekend in California. I'm very, very excited. I love bachelorette parties. I love all the varying degrees of bachelorette parties. Some that are more wild, some that are more tame, some that are on the beach, some that are in the city. I am, I am for women. At all yes, times. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. So without further ado, we'll get into today's topic. Trigger warning. Today, we will be discussing the leaked SCOTUS draft to overturn Roe v. Wade later this summer. There will be mentions of some heavier topics. So if that's just not the space that you're in right now, feel free to skip to next week or a previous episode if you haven't listened to them. They're always there for you. Okay, so last Monday... The second I was sitting down to record the Met Gala uh, episode, I got a text message from my friend Bree with the breaking news that Politico had obtained a leaked draft from the Supreme Court of the United States that essentially would overturn Roe v. Wade, which protects our constitutional right to abortion, aka healthcare. Let's just let's just get that out of the way. Alex's fun little podcast is a pro-choice podcast. That is not to say if you were listening to this, you're like, you know what? I don't agree with you. I really hope you will stick around and listen. I really genuinely do. I want to approach this from a way that is educational, that is real, that is personal, and hopefully maybe can change some minds so that we can all fight towards the same mission together, which is protecting our reproductive rights and our constitutional rights at that. So the leak SCOTUS draft basically would overturn Roe and it would leave it up to the states. And immediately if Roe were to be overturned, there's only 16 states that protect access to abortion. Uh, it's been made a fundamental right in 16 states by state legislatures. But there are quite a few states where as soon as this would be overturned, abortions would become illegal in that state. Could you go over the states, the 16? Yes. So the states that have said abortion will remain legal, legal are California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, District of Columbia, Hawaii, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, Vermont, and Washington. Other states may choose to join this list in the future, but that's just at the moment. And I want to reiterate that Roe is still the law of the land at this current moment. Abortion rights are still protected by the Constitution for the moment. If you have an appointment, if you are seeing a abortion provider, they are still providing care. 
and abortion is still constitutionally protected. I know there was a lot of confusion when the news first came out, what our rights are at this current time. It's still protected in this moment. So there are 13 states that bans would go into effect immediately should Roe be overturned. And they are Idaho, Utah, Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Missouri. Now, we are going to get into later what we can do to help these states, help the citizens of these states that are at risk for a outright ban. But we know the facts. The draft has been leaked. It is a draft. It has not taken effect yet. However, it is extremely likely that this will be overturned. And for that, we do need to be prepared. And that's what we will get to. However, however, as a person with a uterus, in case you didn't know, I do have a uterus. There are just some things that have come up in not even the last week, just, I mean, how long has access to abortion been under fire? For as long as I can remember. This is obviously the most serious, most dangerous attack, but so many thoughts have just been ruminating for the last couple of years, and especially in the last week, that I feel like online, for the most part, we're all trying to keep it together and say, okay, what's the action we're going to take next? What are we going to do about this? There's no time to waste. But this is my podcast. Um... I own the rights to it. Do I own the rights to it? Are there rights? I don't know if there's rights, but you can definitely say what you want to say on your podcast. Fabulous. I'm going to call this segment, I Need to Scream. <laughs> I will not actually be screaming because that would just hurt your eardrums and I don't want to do that. We've gone through enough pain. But the sentiment of I Need to Scream is basically where I just need to get out some thoughts uh, that I have been sitting on for a while. And I just want to go over them. So again, these are my opinions. These are the things that have just been brewing in my mind that need to come out. And I think a lot of people share the same sentiment. The very first thing that I want to say, and it is truly probably the only thing that even matters. In reality, we do not need any hot takes or any opinions from either side of the aisle about abortion because nobody's opinion matters, not even mine. Abortion is the only form of health care that is subject to the opinion in a public arena. There is zero amount of people that should ever be able to tell you what to do with your body what goes on inside your body and what kind of health care you get to receive. And that's what this is. It is health care. Nobody on this planet gets a say if you want to be a mother or not. If you want to grow a fetus inside of your womb, there should be no argument, period about what somebody does with their body. So all these opinions like, no, you could put it up for adoption or no, you could like, you could get resources. None of it matters. Not even me saying like everybody deserves to do what they want to do with their body. The only reason we have to say things like this is because we are under attack. If I were to go out there and say, you know what? 
I don't think that uh, anybody should be able to get chemotherapy because I think chemotherapy is toxic. And I think that there are other ways, which by the way, I don't think this um, there. Let's just clear that up because in a couple of years, if somebody pulls a snippet from this podcast, I want to be clear. I want to have my ducks in a row. If I were to say, you know, I think it's really toxic and I think it uses um, some cells that I'm not so like sure about. And I just don't think anybody should get it. People will be like, what the hell are you talking about? You do not get to dictate the kind of health care that somebody else receives. There is no place for opinions when it comes to health care and reproductive rights. So let's just start there. With that being said, the reason we have opinions is because we have something to fight for. I also want to be clear. If you are someone that... For instance, I grew up in a very conservative area, went to Catholic church every single Sunday. I was definitely taught in the church that abortion is a sin. It was looked down upon. It was not something that you did as a Catholic. But even if, even if I never grew out of that, I still to this day thought, "Mm, I don't know, I think it's wrong. My opinion has no place on anybody else's body. You cannot be so smug with your opinion that you think somebody else has to live by it. That doesn't happen anywhere else in healthcare. And the argument of, oh, well, you can always put a baby up for adoption. There's always people that want to adopt children. There's a huge waiting list for adoption. It takes years and years to adopt kids. One, there's no regard for the human being carrying that baby. Pregnancy changes your body. It puts you at a lot of health risk. And it's not something somebody should be forced to go through if it's not what they want. But however, you're saying, yeah, we're going to, sure, we're going to put all these babies up for adoption. Adoption is hard. I know a lot of people that have gone through adoption. It is expensive. It is lengthy. It is difficult. If we're going to have all these things like have the baby, we'll help you adopt, bring down housing costs, Public education, daycare, healthcare. We're saying like, yeah, please do this thing. And then we're not going to do anything else to help or assist you. Like, Michael, if I gave you an orange, if I gave you a, a tangerine and I said, Michael, eat this tangerine, eat it. It'll be good for you. And you said, Alex, I have no knife. I have no, I have like, you didn't, I have no fingers to peel this thing. What am I supposed to do? I'm like, eh, all that's important is that you, is that you have it. And you're on your own. I'm going to make you eat this. I have no fingers. <laughs> it is a metaphor. This is the I need to scream section. It doesn't always have to make sense. But it probably should for my credibility. But you're given this thing. It is forced upon you. And they're like, mm, yeah, I don't know. Figure it out. Yeah, it seems messed up to me. Yeah. For sure. In that situation, you have no fingers. That also seems messed up. Mm-hmm. It that is. would be tough. It is. Oh, God. And then there was Amy Coney Island saying in in the draft, a domestic supply of infants, a domestic supply of infants. First of all, we are not soldiers just because we have a uterus. If you are capable of carrying a baby, this is not the baby draft, okay? You want to go into the baby army? Sign yourself up. You don't want to go into the baby army? Don't. You should not have to. A domestic supply of infants. 
it's, it honestly sounds like something that's coming from Alibaba. Like we're talking about hu human life. We're asking people to carry against their will, against their desired wishes. Not to mention all of this aside, it is perfectly acceptable and okay if somebody straight up their reason for needing access to an abortion is they just don't want to be a mother. They do not want to be a parent. This is not the land of the free if people are being forced into forced parenthood and forced birth. We keep having to scream from the rooftops all these reasons for access to abortions. If someone is trigger warning, raped, if someone is victim of incest or abuse or domestic violence, everyone's like, what about those scenarios? If someone does not want to be a parent, that is their right. So let me ask you this. What would you say to the person that argues this person is abusing abortion and using it as a form of birth control? Because I hear that argument I hear that argument a lot right? too, yeah. And I, so what do you say yeah. to that person? And I feel like actually growing up, I mean, Michael, you went to Catholic school, went to church every week. I feel like that's an argument you hear a lot in that narrative. It's like, oh, well, people having three, four abortions. At the end of the day, it's just not my business. It's nobody's business. I think there's a common misconception that like an abortion is a really frivolous thing. That it's just like, mm, don't worry, pregnant. Let me go do this. It is very grueling on a person's body. It is grueling on their life. And I don't think it's this frivolous thing that a lot of people make it out to be that people are just going and getting them with a punch card. And also, it's just not my business. It's just not my business. It's nobody's business. And I think we're so caught up in judgment and wanting to know everything about everyone but it's just not anybody's business. And the other thing is you don't have to like abortion. Abortion can make you feel really bad. You can hate the word. You can hate even hearing it. But that doesn't mean that somebody else shouldn't have easy access to that choice for themselves. So while there's all these very severe scenarios we hear everyone talking about, like I saw a tweet that said, so a 16-year-old could not walk into an adoption agency say, hey, I want a baby. They're like, you're 16, you're crazy. But a 16-year-old could have a child and like input any age for that that you'd like. It makes no sense. And we keep hearing all those things. And I, I do feel like they are missing the point that it doesn't matter what our opinions are. It is a personal choice between a person and their medical care provider the, a person with a uterus is not a, a vessel. They're not an incubator solely existing to produce life. When they do willingly produce life, of course, it's the most beautiful, wonderful thing. But that's a personal choice. And everybody should get to make it in the same way that if you have a child, you got to make that choice. So I just need to scream a little bit about that. Uh, some thoughts circulating in my brain. But we can get into what is truly the most important part, which is what now? What next? What do we do to help? A question that I received via Instagram, I reached out and 
put the call out to say, you know, what do you guys really want to know the most about? You know, there's a lot of misconceptions out there. What can I research and help out with? The first question I thought was, it was something I was asking myself earlier in the day because we've seen so many news articles about it, so many viral tweets. Uh, the question is, I've seen states are saying that IVF, IUDs, and Plan B, et cetera, will be banned. How and why? So I had seen these tweets as well uh, saying, you know, Plan B was Plan B was banned, any kind of birth control, IUD. And obviously that's an extremely alarming thing. I was on birth control for medical reasons since the time I was like 15. I stopped a few years ago for personal reasons. Um, but obviously it's something that a lot of people have current access to. And so rumors that this could just be taken away overnight are something that need to be cleared up. So according to Planned Parenthood, overturning Roe v. Wade will take away abortion access, but it will not impact your ability to get birth control. Because birth control does not meet the criteria for the definition of abortion under current law. They're referencing Missouri law because Missouri, it was that was the first state that people started saying, uh, coming out and saying that birth control, IUDs, plan B will become illegal. Birth control prevents pregnancy and therefore does not end in existing pregnancy. And now there might try to be blocks on birth control through legislation or, you know, just obstacles through healthcare, Medicaid, defunding places like Planned Parenthood that supply free birth control. But for now, that does not fall under any kind of legislation. And again, that was news from Planned Parenthood. The other question I got, I thought was really, really honest, and I would love to be the one to answer it. And it was, if some states still allow abortion, isn't abortion available? Great question. I get that it can be really confusing when you see that, especially maybe the state you live in, um, will still have access to abortion and reproductive care as a right. We live in Nevada. Nevada has said they will not have a ban on abortion. Great. However, there are quite a few things at play here. One, it would be really, really hard for someone from Missouri to get to California to have an abortion. That is the first aspect of it. Are all the people that will not have access due to their location, due to their means to, I mean, it's expensive to drive, fly somewhere, get a hotel, um, food, anything. Travel is extremely expensive and it is extremely inaccessible to many, many people. There's also a lot of people who could not be old enough to travel on their own. So you're taking away access from millions and millions of people right then and there. There's also a risk of criminalizing living and being a resident of a state that has banned abortion and traveling to another state to receive one. And the, the bans on abortion are just becoming more cruel per states. Um, there's laws that incentivize neighbors to report someone that they think has had an abortion. There are, uh, you know, laws that make it so that you barely even know if you're pregnant. By the time you do, the weeks are up and, and you no longer have access to one. Equal access is a right and it is what's right. And it cannot just be left 
from state to state. And for instance, like I was reading that Mississippi has one abortion clinic. One. 91% of women in the state live in counties with no provider, according to the cut. And they're one of the states that has a pre-row ban. So it's a a post-row trigger ban, um, basically meaning if Roe would be overturned, that abortion would no longer be legal in the state. And I'm trying to do truly the best research that I can, the best learning that I can, because it's not enough to say, this is wrong, or it's not enough to say, why I'm going to have it in my state, or I don't know, I'm probably never going to need one, or, oh, I'm past that point. If I got pregnant, I would have a baby. There are so many things bigger than us. There are dangerous pregnancies. There are situations where it is life-threatening for the person carrying a child and not being able to have immediate and safe access is so unbelievably dangerous and make no mistake, it is a war on women and their safety. So what can we do? The number one question I got is how can we help? What do we do next? And how do we really keep the momentum of this going and not just let it fade into another news cycle, which is very valid. I feel like a lot of times we see a lot of uproar and anger about things from the jump and then they kind of fade off as, you know, news stops talking about it or people online stop talking about it. So number one, don't stop talking about it. Talk to your friends, your partner, your family, say the word abortion. I get it. A lot of people are uncomfortable with the word. I was for a really long time in my life. It was a word that I, I just didn't even like to say. It was scary and sad to me. We always quote Twilight, say it out loud. Say it out loud. Talk to people. Have conversation. Michael and I had a really, really great you know conversation the other night. We're very much on the same page um, about our beliefs in this. But you'll be surprised at the things that come up in conversation and give everyone a chance to learn or see something from a different perspective and just listen. You can also contact uh, local abortion funds in your community because in your community is probably where you're going to make the biggest difference, the most impact. So funds that would support someone if they uh, do not have access, it's especially important in the states that would have bans. Um, however, it's extremely important in your own community to make sure people have access to safe and accessible healthcare. And finally, hate to say it, sounds cliche, we've got to vote in midterms because if this is going to be left up to states, these important elections are vital to making yourself heard, to not just protecting yourself. If you think like, mm, you know, this, this, none of this really applies to me never had one. I don't think I'm ever going to get one. The repercussions of not allowing people to safe and accessible abortions are just so unbelievably extreme. People going into poverty, people not being able to go to their job because they have to watch a child now. There, There's just so many aspects here that if you can't personally relate I really encourage you to think about the next generation and the next generation and what will we tell them when they ask us what we did in this moment. 
I, I shared a tweet and I thought that it was bad, but it didn't affect me. What are you going to be able to tell someone when they ask? I voted. I talked to people. I, I reached out to a local fund and asked them if they needed help with marketing or graphic design, not even with your money, but with your time. We are out of, out of time here. This is happening. And I hate to be like a, a I'm not trying to be the, the boogeyman. In fact, I was like disproportionately really fearful of the boogeyman growing up. Just a side note, like I definitely thought growing up that he was under my bed, but he's not under the bed anymore. He's here on this podcast telling you that we need to take action. Don't make it this big, scary thing. That's, oh my God, where do we start? Start small, start in your community. And overall, no matter what happens, we're pretty sure we know what's going to happen here. I have a firm belief that women and allies will protect one another the best we can. Protect one another, care for one another, love one another enough to fight for someone that you are probably never, ever going to meet in your life. This is a heavy, overwhelming scary time for so many people, doctors, healthcare providers, anyone with a uterus. Honestly, you know, what I would, you know what I would do, Michael, I would show a diagram in Congress and I'd say, show me where the uterus is on this diagram. Show it to me. And if I you can't hundred percent, not know exactly. So if you don't know where it is on a little map, a little diagram. First, you get no say, but also if you're just not an owner of one, then you get no say. And then even if you are an owner of one, you still don't get a say because it's none of our business. Be loving in a way that protects people. And the people I'm talking about are living, breathing people that you see in the grocery store, on the bus, in your Uber share. I don't know if they still have those. What are those called? Uber pool? Honestly, that's wild as hell. There's no way that exists in a, in a post post pandemic era oh, i think it does no way i think it's back uber pool wow what a comeback what a comeback uber pool regardless of what you took from this episode just know that you are not alone we are in this together i have so much love for you it's a heavy topic but we can lift heavy things i can i can lift at least five pounds per arm and I'm ready to lift a shit ton more. How about you, Michael? You ready to step up to those eight pounders? Woo, woo, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm going to put the Liberty Bell over my damn head. I think 10, you might uh, injure yourself. Don't patronize me. I can do anything. No, you are a, a fabulous ally. Thank you, Michael. If you were able to make it all the way through this episode, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. We will be back next week. As always, love ya. Bye.